I want you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew, the first chapter, verse number 18. This is part of the Christmas story, very important part of it. Matthew, the first chapter, verse number 18. <coughs> Appreciate everybody coming and so thankful we do have a lot of people out of town. But I found out some of the best services I've been in when there's, we had a lot of snow and hardly nobody could make it to it. You know, God gives more grace where more grace is needed. Did you know that? Glory to God. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. This is how it happened. When as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, that means he was, but she was betrothed, she was promised to him. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, remember that, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted, God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from the sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Praise God. You know, there was a dying man that I read about. Before I give you the title, I want to sort of lead up to that. There was a dying man I read about that on his deathbed, he had a young daughter and his wife, I don't know what had happened to her wife or any family. He had no family, so he sought out a good Christian home, good Christian parents to raise his daughter because, number one, they would treat her right, and they would also show her the right way to live. And how particular do you suppose God was when he was choosing the family that would raise his only begotten son, Jesus. I would think that God the Father would want to find a family that would treat Jesus good. Don't you? And that would train him up in the way of the Lord that would be to Jesus the example that they needed to be and he needed for them to be. Praise God. When we think of Christmas time, when we think of the nativity, of course, the central character above and beyond all is the Christ child. Should be at the center. Should be the focus. He is the reason for the season. And then, you know, there's songs written about him and there should be. And then the second one people, most people write songs about and look at is Mary. I don't worship Mary. I said, I don't worship Mary. 
that is idolatry to worship Mary. I don't pray to Mary. Leave that poor woman alone. She's already done her work down here. I pray Jesus is the intercessor. <laughs> I said Jesus is. And so I don't pray to Mary, but she's a, she's a mighty fine woman. She's a good holiness woman. She was a good pure woman. Can somebody shout amen? So I appreciate it. Songs. Mary, did you know? <laughs> songs were written about her. Well, songs were even written about the shepherds. Huh? And of course, for good reason. In my mind's eye, I could see the host of heaven telling the shepherds that the Christ child is born. And they were attending their flocks by night. Now, there was a reason for that. In that season, there were wolves and there were predators. There were uh, mountain lions that would attack the sheep. And so they had to stay all night with them during that season to protect the sheep. But when they heard that, I think that they left their sheep and they went to see the Christ child. And I got a, I got a sneaking suspicion that when they were done seeing Christ and putting Christ first, they came back, I think all their sheep was all right. I can't prove that, but I just believe that they were. Can somebody shout amen? I don't know. But we got songs about Mary. We got songs about the shepherd. We even got songs about the wise man. The three wise men. We three kings of Orient are. Bearing gifts we travel so far. Huh? Glory to God. But you know that those three wise men, they didn't show up till two years later. Of course, they had an excuse. They come from afar. Amen. And they had to get that put out first. It'll dawn on you here in a little bit, especially if you're from Kentucky or Virginia. Amen. They came, they come from afar, and they had to get that far put out first. And, and then they had to come. Actually, it was a far away, and some estimates were that they traveled by camel or horseback or on foot for over a thousand miles to get to Jesus. Probably took them months and months to get there. I don't know, maybe years, because they're searching. They're following that yonder star. Amen. That indicated where the Christ child was. Will somebody shout amen? So we got songs about Mary. We got songs about the shepherds. We got songs about here in the nativity about the wise men that weren't even there until two years later. We got songs about even a drummer boy. Bum bum bum. <laughs> here in this nativity. And he wasn't even in the Bible that I know of. I can't read about any drummer boys in the Bible. Huh? I always told parents, don't let your children grow up to be drummers. <laughs> but, you know, some of them do it anyhow. And God has mercy anyway. Praise the Lord. But there's one fella here that I think is the unsung hero of the nativity scene. We don't write no songs about him. He usually has no words in the part of the play. It's usually everybody else speaks. They even in kids' plays, they even have the camels and the sheep and the oxen speaking. But Moses has, I mean, Joseph has no lines whatsoever. And with that in mind, I want to set the record straight. And I want to preach to you here for a little while today on the man that God chose to raise his son. Would you stretch your hands this way? Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. 
We thank you, Lord, how that you've been here so wonderful in this service. Even though, Lord, there's many, many of the, our good singers and musicians and workers and testifiers and, and pullers and pushers and worshipers aren't here with us, but you've not failed to show up and you've blessed and you have anointed. And I appreciate all the songs, the songs that have been sung and the testimonies. It's been so grand. I appreciate those that have come into these altars. I ask now, Lord, that you'd help us preach what you laid on my heart to minister to these people here right before Christmas. And we'll give you the praise and the glory for it. Can somebody shout amen and amen. You know, oftentimes we forget about Mary's husband, Joseph. But his example, his lifestyle, were very influential in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he deserves to be recognized. I think it's important for us. Of course, Jesus is the central theme. It's all about Jesus. But aren't you God, glad rather that God chooses to use people also? Aren't you glad he chooses to use humanity? Will somebody shout amen? And I want to talk about this man that God chose to raise his son. There's three things that I notice here in our little story is that I notice Joseph's dilemma. I also notice Joseph's dream. And I also notice finally Joseph's decision here in this little story. First, Joseph's di dilemma. In other words, when we look at the way that Joseph handled himself, revealed a lot about his true character. Because lo and behold, he's betrothed unto Mary, and a betrothal uh, was as binding as marriage. You had to get a divorce. You know, if you read after the rabbis and even talk to the rabbis, they'll tell you this, that when a person is betrothed, that was the writing of divorce. That even they was talking about Moses would give a writing of divorcement and we can get into more detail of that here later, but, but it, in the beginning it was not so. It was not meant so. It's one man, one woman, till death do us part. That's the way it was meant to be. But the you know problems get in it and the devil gets in it. And, and I'm not telling you to stay with a man that's abusing you or vice versa has constantly uh, gone out on you and been unfaithful to you. I'm not saying that. Or a woman either, either way. But I understand that it... God's perfect will is that we, even until death do us part, can somebody wave a hand to heaven and praise the Lord? Now, I can't help it. I don't know who's been divorced and who hadn't been, but I can't help it. You've been divorced. The Bible is the Bible. We need to shout amen to it. Hallelujah. Amen. So there's been an unexpected development. Mary turns up pregnant during this betrothal period, prior to this period and before their wedding. And this was a serious offense. Matter of fact, uh, Joseph could have had her stoned for this offense. Huh? It was binding, as I've already said. It required a divorce to get out of bet a betrothal and to be unfaithful and to come up expecting during this betrothal period. Matter of fact, if he found out that you weren't a virgin when, you got, when they get married, he could have you put away. But here, this is the evidence. She's going to have a child. She's expecting a baby. And so it is a dilemma to him. It is a crisis to Joseph. 
But the Bible said, and thank God for it, the Bible said that he was a just man. In, in the scriptures, the word just and righteous are interchangeable. Whenever you see the word righteous, you can, you can just whisper under your breath, just, just, he's just. Whenever you see the word just, you can whisper under your breath, righteous. That's right. When it's talking about God's people, it is interchangeable that way. And Joseph was a just. He was a righteous man. Thank God for there's some people that, that wanted to do right. Thank God in biblical times, in the time of the birth of Christ, or just prior to the birth of Christ, there was a man that God chose. I believe he chose him because he was a just man. Huh? And how people respond in time of crisis reveals their true nature. Crises doesn't build character, but it does reveal character. Hello? I told you about that young man, that young woman was dining at the restaurant, and somebody yelled, fire! Well, the, one, the young lady looked over in an empty chair. Before he knew it, that guy had ran halfway down the street. Crisis doesn't build character, but it does reveal what sort of metal that we are made of. When things are going smoothly, we, we are able to hide a lot that becomes crystal clear in time of crisis. And Joseph's reaction to this dilemma reveals a man that is under control. A man that is governed by more than a whim a man that is not bent by every wind that comes by. A man that's not up and down all the time, but a man that's steady and has his faith in something that is real and has his feet on a solid foundation. Will somebody shout amen? Oh, yes. Even you see a man that's in control. Even because I see him, he has an uncharacteristic deliberation that goes on in this dilemma. When this crisis shows up that his betrothed wife, his fiancée, we would say in, this, in our culture, in our vernacular, uh, when she turns up expecting, he knows he's not had a relationship with her. So what in the world's going on? So he has a deliberation. Most men would have divorced Mary right away. Some of them in the Old Testament law would have had her stoned for spite and because of bitterness and because of vengeance and wanting to get how dare you to do something like this. He meant it would have left her, even if he wouldn't have had her stoned, he would have left her poverty stricken. And because of the baby, no other man would have anything to do with No other man would marry her. But the Bible, again, it says that jo Joseph was a just man. He was a righteous man. In other words, he wanted to do the right thing by Mary. He didn't just want to do what he felt like doing, but he wanted to do what was right by Mary. Will somebody shout amen? Oh, yes, he had a dilemma. But he also had a dream. Huh? Glory to God. Do you know God speaks to people in dreams? Sometimes it's the beans they ate the night before. Huh? But sometimes it's God. That's the reason why that when we have a dream, that we are to tell it as a dream. So people can say, well, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, I don't, you know they can let them judge for themselves whether it was the beans or whether it was God. But Joseph has a dream. 
And there were three great truths that were revealed to Joseph in this dream. First, the truth of the pregnancy is revealed. Joseph in this dream discovers who the real father is. And because of this, in this dream, Joseph realized that he's been chosen out of all men to be part of this glorious plan of God. <laughs> Amen. Not only was the truth of the pregnancy revealed in this dream, but the child's title is revealed in this dream. Joseph is to, commanded to name the child Jesus, which means Savior. Oh, what a Savior. Isn't he wonderful? Sing hallelujah. Christ is risen. Amen. The he, it means uh, Savior. And also Joseph's task is revealed. He realizes in this dream, no doubt, that he would have to live with the shame. You know, the rumor would be for centuries, and even today, that Jesus was an illegitimate child of a Roman soldier that Mary had been raped by a Roman soldier. There were other, if you read back of the old rabbis, uh, they'll give other instances that she had been unfaithful. This, that, or the other had happened. And whatever the case, uh, whatever people had whispered about. But Joseph heard from heaven. Do you know how important it is for you not to take anybody's word for it? Do you know how important it is for you not to even take the preacher's word for it? you know how important it is that you're not to take the church's leadership's word for it? This is something we got to know for ourselves. Huh? How many here believe in the virgin birth? Glory to God. I don't believe in it because you told me. I don't believe in it because the preacher told me. I believe in it because I had a connection even with the throne room of heaven. And I know it's so. And people of this world is coming too late to tell me any different huh and even though there would be whispers I mean come on that there would be people when they'd see see this couple with Mary expecting and know they hadn't even been married long enough to have a child that there'd be whispers out of the corner of their eye they'd say, but Joseph knew it was revealed to him his task I'm going to live this shame down because I know, I know that this child is of the Holy Ghost. Can somebody shout amen? Whew. Glory to God. So we have Joseph's dilemma. We have his dream. But we also have, most importantly, Joseph's decision. Who we are, who are we? We are the sum total of our decisions that we have made in our life. That's who we are. Hello? We are the sum total of the decisions we have made. So the most important thing isn't just to go through a crisis or to have a dream or to hear a word and believe. But the most important thing for us to do is do what Joseph did is to act on this. To make a decision. Huh? Because who we are are the sum total of our decision. <laughs> I sung that song for years. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. 
I have decided to follow Jesus. I won't turn back. No, I won't turn back. Could you lift your hands before uh, to heaven and praise Him here today? The cross before me. The cross before me. The cross before me and the world behind me. I won't turn back. No, I won't turn back. How many's got your mind made up? How many's made a decision? How many's decided to follow Jesus? I could tell that he's made a good decision because we see right away he obeys the, com- the Lord's command. Obedience reveals the heart of a human like nothing else can. Glory to God. Huh? The prophet would Samuel would say to the king, to obey is better. You don't even have to go no farther. To obey is better. At that point he said sacrifice and there was a reason for it. But I'm telling you there ain't nothing better than obedience. I've made a decision, Joseph would say. I've made a decision that I'm going to follow him. I'm going to obey him because obedience is better. Will somebody shout amen? And he makes this uncommon decision. By right, if I was already told you that he could invoke the death penalty, but he didn't do it. He could have had Mary stoned to death, but he didn't do it. He chose. <laughs> he chose to marry her and to marry this thing that was in her womb, this precious thing, this holy thing that was and to raise it up. Amen. In the fear and the admonition of the Lord, and to he chose to be a good example to this Christ child. Are you hearing me? Even though he knew and he realized, I'm not the real father. He obeyed and he observed Mary's chastity. Can you imagine? He Many men would have demanded the right when they got married, demanded the right of the husband. Many men would have demanded that. And listen, when you, when you marry, that body is no longer yours on either side of this thing. That belongs to your spouse. Hello? Huh? That's right. But... But Joseph, he chose to honor Mary's chastity, his virgin, her virginity, because the, the scripture must be, the prophecies must be fulfilled that, he, that Jesus was born of a virgin who had never knew man. So he never had a physical relationship with Mary until after Jesus was born. Oh, what character. What a great guy. I think we're going to write some songs about Joseph. What do you all think? Glory to God. Knowing this, but he obediently named the child exactly what the angel told him that he should name the child. The right of naming a child was in the hand of the father. But Joseph knew that the child's true father wanted a child called Jesus. And therefore, Joseph named the child Jesus. What a wonderful man Joseph was. 
I mean, if it wasn't for Joseph, God would have probably found another man, no doubt. He would have. But I thank God for that good man, that man that God chose to raise his son. Praise God. I just wonder, I just wonder, have you been faced with a dilemma? Have you had a dream? Have you had a, have you made a decision? I just wonder here this afternoon, I mean, we're right up here on Christmas. Get right on, right on top of it. Tomorrow's Christmas Eve. Huh? And I don't know if, I don't know if I had a dream last night. I don't think I did. But I am dreaming of a white Christmas. What do y'all think I came to Montana for? <laughs> I like to see a white Christmas. I don't know if Robin's looking forward to that or not. But I am. This will be the first year that we that I've been here in five and a half years that even Thanksgiving, we, we've had white Thanksgivings for five years that I've been out here except for this year. And I don't know, Sister Crystal said she remembers one time like this. They didn't have a white Thanksgiving, didn't have a white Christmas, and then we got pounded. So I don't know. I don't necessarily want to get pounded, but I sure am dreaming of a white Christmas. Well, I want to be sure that I'm obedient to Christ during this holiday season, aren't you? This should be a time instead of drawing away from God that we ought to be drawing closer to Him. This should be a time that we, we want to be more obedient to the Lord. Do you know you'll have a better Christmas party with, without the liquor? Did you know that? Do you know you'll have a better Christmas party without the sin? If we just worship Him in holiness and in truth and in righteousness, will somebody lift a hand to heaven and praise the Lord? Oh, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. And let's consider this man that God chose to raise His Son. Let's stand all over the building. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank You, Lord, for Your goodness and Your mercy. We're so glad, Lord, for what we feel here. But Lord, I've just felt real good preaching Your Word to this wonderful, glorious people. We ask God that you go with us, Lord, as we go and many, many will meet with their families. Many of them are lost and without God. Some of them are so far away. But whatever the case may be, Lord, we ask God that you'd help us to be a light and be the people that we should be. Not, not condescending, not in our piety, but God to be loving and kind and wanting to do the right thing, to be just and righteous. I ask God that you'd move among us, that you'd bless these altars, and we'll give you the praise and the glory. And everyone said amen. Let's gather in these altars, everyone that can and will. Let's have a season of prayer here on this Sunday, just before Christmas Eve. In Jesus' name.